It is Locked On Jazz for the 23rd of January. Brooklyn made it tough on our guys. A good learning experience and a sign that are still lots of steps to learn. It is trade season and it's a lot more difficult than it's made to seem. We'll explain using Malik Beasley and Trends Monday. Who's hot? Who's not? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We are available on all podcasting apps. We are on YouTube where you can sign in, chat with the community, have a good time. Please follow or subscribe on any of those platforms. We love to have you aboard. And thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Um, maybe from a fan standpoint, a weekend without jazz games is not fun. From my standpoint, honestly, it's kind of cool. Actually, two days off is just cool. I'll explain in a second. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on. Today's prizepick.com. Prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So, love the gig. Want to do it forever. You're going to have to tap me on the shoulder when it's over and tell me I suck. Um, if I ever. Uh, so, don't misunderstand. When the season's on the roll, you finish calling a game. You, the next day, you start to prep for the next game. Then you call a game, and then you just kind of stay in that hamster wheel. When you get two days off, you actually get a day to, like, watch the league, read about the league, hang out, do something. So it's kind of great. Um, so that's why I said the two days off is great. So last night, watch Charlotte, two, two, three Charlotte games and prep for them. But on the day before, you got to kind of just watch the league and see what's going on. So super fun. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. If you're a skier, hope you got the slopes. Uh... All right, I thought Friday was really interesting because Friday was tough on Walker and Lowry. And a lot of our attention at this point is on Walker and Lowry. Um, And there were unique matchups. Ben Simmons at 6'10 has the physicality and the athleticism to match Lowry Markkinen. That's a unique matchup. And Benton Simmons' minutes that night were pretty similar to Lowry Markkinen's minutes. Like, if you actually kind of dig into it, it was kind of interesting to watch. So Lowry opened the night 0 for 3 in the first quarter. He had three rebounds, um, but he plays his opening kind of six minutes, five minute and 37 stint, second stint, and he ends up, we're minus 11, we get blasted early, and he's 0 for 3. He then comes back in at the end of the first quarter and Ben Simmons is not on the floor. He goes one for two, hits a three, kind of gets a little rhythm. Lowry's playing in three stints. He stays out there. It, it's And I'll have to go back and look. But again, he's he has a decent stretch. Uh, and then he comes back in his last stretch and of the second quarter and Ben Simmons is on the floor and he gets one shot off in four minutes. So then he opens the third quarter and he gets one shot in eight minutes. And Ben Simmons pretty close to matching him for that entire stretch. The Jazz <clears throat> stretched Lowry out an extra minute or two 
than usual. And then in the fourth quarter, Lowry plays the entire fourth quarter, which really almost forced Ben Simmons to play the entire fourth quarter. Lowry got it going a little bit. Um, And Simmons caused Lowry problems for what I said. He's as big. He's as quick. He's defensive-minded because he doesn't want to play offense. He's incredibly physical on Lowry. And so he really was able to get into him. And he did a wonderful job. And Lowry, one, couldn't get free for threes the way he would wanted to until the fourth quarter. And then trying to put the ball in the deck, he tried to be physical and overpower Ben, and that wasn't a great matchup for him. Uh, On the night, officially, Lowry takes four shots when guarded by Ben Simmons um, and goes two for four. According to the data, they say he guarded him for six minutes and 18 seconds, which is actually a lot. Everybody else kind of guarded him. Nobody else guarded him for more than 210. But so according to the data, Lowry only got four shots off against Ben Simmons, and all of them were threes. So that's Ben Simmons going to help. We get it back to Lowry. He goes two for four. Um, He really struggled to get many good-look twos off in that game. Pretty impressive by Ben Simmons. Like, let's give credit. Like, this is one of the best defensive players in the world um, who's got, you know, serious mental health issues and anxiety issues around his offensive game, and he's figuring out a way to stay in the NBA. It's kind of, frankly, I would take it as a pretty incredible story. 10 of Lowry's 16 shots were threes that night. He still finished with 22 points and 11 rebounds, but anybody who watched that game knows he didn't have the impact. And so now Lowry, who's incredibly diligent, We've told the story about when he was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, taking, you know, 60 elbow jump shots and marking down the numbers and judging himself and then leaving himself a new goal. Will, I'm sure, go watch film, analyze what he saw, and then when we go to Brooklyn either... When do we go to Brooklyn? Coming out of Toronto or do we go later in the season? Uh, I think we go later. In the, we go on later in April on the backside of Boston. And when we go there in late April... If Ben Simmons is on the floor, this will be an opportunity for Lowry to kind of to show his next level development. But I thought it was a really interesting game in that sense that, hey, here's a guy who had the ability to do to Lowry what he does to everybody else. The same thing happened to Walker. So Walker had a pretty quiet night. Well, Nick Claxton's super good. Nick Claxton, who you probably don't think of as one of the best rim defenders in the NBA, is bouncy, long, Similarly sized, probably one of the few bigs at this point who's more active than um, and runs as hard, if not faster. Um, at 6'11", at 215 pounds, he better run if he doesn't. Um, and Walker came out, and I don't think he did anything wrong, you know, but he at 7 feet, 245, this guy was quicker and more agile and ran the floor and played with more juice. Then some of the other guys he's played, and Walker finished the night with two points and six rebounds and a minus 14. And if you look at the first quarter of this game, you know, Nick Claxton comes out and has three for four shooting, plus 12 in his opening seven minutes, almost all of which were head-to-head with Walker Kessel. They checked out at the exact same time. Claxton comes back in when Walker's not on the floor and does a little damage, and then the two of them... um, only spend a tiny bit of time on the floor together in the second quarter uh, where 
Uh, Walker actually doesn't get a shot off, and Claxton finishes the quarter going up against Vando, who closes that second quarter. We go back to the th- to the third quarter, and the- they match up against each other again. And Walker minus six, he gets he does go one of two. Claxton in that time period, two of two, two of four from the free throw line, a rebound and an assist, kind of you know puts on him. And then they play again in the final stint in the fourth quarter, where Walker comes back in. Walker doesn't have much of an impact, and Claxton um, has you know another pretty good stretch two blocks plus eight one of one one of two from the floor this is you know again okay now what do I do I got a guy who I my forte is I'm out running people I'm out hustling people I've got great length oh this guy has equal length more bounciness and he runs his heart oh so what do I do like this is the lesson these are the lessons so I thought that night was really interesting because the two guys we have most of our focus on right now had a tough night um, and then the switching defense of Brooklyn got into us and got us really, really one-dimensional. And, and their physicality, I think Will, Will even said it, we gave into their physicality. And their switching defense got us playing one-on-one, which happens all the time. And they, frankly, did the same thing last night. Like, if you go look at last night's game against the Warriors, where they end up coming from behind to winning it 120-116, to and they don't lead this game for much of anything other than the final two minutes. They led for a snippet in the third quarter, and they led the first quarter. But second, they're down as many as, I think, 17 in the first half of that game. And the Golden State Warriors, who are pretty darn good, uh, in the final three, let's see, I think it was final 542, had one field goal from Jonathan Kaminga. And they had two free throws from Kayvon Looney and two free throws from Steph Curry. Otherwise, they didn't. they scored six points in the final... 542 of that game, they led 110 to 98 with 542 left and lost. Um, so that's a huge win for Brooklyn. Last night, for those of you watching on YouTube, you just saw I have a hole in my lip. Um, well, actually, you probably can't tell. Um, but I think that that's. Uh, you know, so Brooklyn's doing this to a lot of people, and I think Brooklyn. This was Jacques Vaughn's team had a major, major turning point this weekend with a Friday win in Salt Lake and a Sunday win at at San Francisco against the Warriors. That's that's a big moment for them without KD. They had struggled. Uh, they were zero and four when we saw them. Uh, we don't need to talk about them more. But you know, Kyrie had not played one of those games and kind of had had left some people wondering. And now, you know, I think that's a that's a massive moment for them. So I thought that was really interesting. This is, and I think it's a good reminder, like our guys are not finished products. They are very exciting. And the season is a massive success. I thought it was an interesting way that, I think Tony Jones got asked about it. Like this season's a massive success. We found Lowry Mark and we found Walker Kessler and Ochai Abaji is suddenly a rotation player. Like the season already is a massive success. Now, do we make the playoffs? Do we make the play-in? Those kind of things are, are worth conversations on other days. It's going to be super interesting to see um, what happens um, and I don't think that that actually impacts, at least from my standpoint, whether this season's a success or not. From your standpoint, I could understand that it might feel a little bit differently uh, than that. Monday edition of today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Chevy. Located in Woods Cross, also located in Logan. The Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years, and the Chevy is Americana. It is the Silverado and the Colorado truck. And right now, no payments for 90 days. You drive it home at 2.99% for five years on the incredible 2023 Silverado truck. Uh, plus cash allowances available for it. The SUV lineup is pretty outstanding. It starts with the Suburban and the Tahoe you know so well. Then the Trailblazer and the Blazer. 
Traverse, Equinox, and the tracks. If you're looking for the electric car, the Bolt has taken names for people, and there is get in line for the new electric Silverado truck. That's coming as well from Chevy. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located at 4646, excuse me, located in Woods Cross, also located in Logan. Excited to have you guys check it out. If you're going to head over there, feel free to email me first at dlock 9 at gmail.com to get yourself the VIP treatment from the Murdochs and Murdoch Chevy. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks, 100% deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked on. What a fun way to get involved. Whatever sport it might be. It could be a night of NBA action you're looking for. Could be the NFL playoffs. Could be the WNBA this summer. Frankly, they say it could be disc golf or Eurobasket or cricket or esports. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in 30 or more states. Download the PrizePix app. Go to prizepix.com. Sign up. Play fantasy, daily fantasy sports. First time users. You receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, you get $100. You deposit $50, $50, $70 to $50, $70 to $50, $220, $100. Don't forget to enter locked on. Sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks so much for making locked on your first listen of the day. We are free, we are available on all podcasting apps for you, as you probably know listening right now. For your second listen, 22-minute takedown on the day in sports and the weekend in the NFL. Locked on sports today. If you have a dog, cat, job, house, spouse, anything that takes your time so you can't keep up to everything on the sports world, then go for it with Locked on Sports Today. All right, I was reading SLC Dunk. Thank goodness they still exist. For all those out there who got let go by... Uh, SB Nation, Locked On sends their support. That sucks. Um, and I, they do a great job. Um, I, so, I'm a fan. Uh, huge fan of Dan Clayton. Huge fan of the crew. They do great work. So, they did a thing on Malik Beasley, Beasley's trade rumors are in high demand. And then there's another thing I keep hearing, which is everyone talks about. Boyan Bogdanovich, the Jazz should have got a first-round pick on Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay, well... Let's see if Detroit goes and gets a first-round pick on Boyan Bogdanovich because I think his value is probably way higher today than it was or it is um, when we were talking about this with the Jazz. I mean, he's having an incredible year. He's done remarkable things shooting. He's proven to be, you know, that guy again. Um, And I think... You know, probably one of the most dead-eye shooters in the league. Let's see if Detroit goes what Detroit goes and gets for him. Because as I'm about to show you, it's super hard to do these deals. So let's go to so Sean Devaney of uh, Heavy.com, which I don't know what Heavy is, but he's Sean's been around for a long time. Talks about that Malik Beasley is particularly popular in the trade deadlines, and he mentions the Nets, the Heat, the Cavs, the Bucks. Okay, I apologize to Malik for doing this, but I think Malik's aware that this is going on, and I'm not trying to like say the Jazz are going to trade Malik. I just want to show everyone else how difficult this actually is. So let me see if this works. Um, I hadn't really planned to show it to everybody, but now, um, all right, it is not working. Um, I was going to show you. Um, I was going to go do the NBA trade 
Let's see. Actually, this might work. Let's see what happens. Nope. 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 No work. Okay. Um, I was going to try to show you guys the um, a screen of the ESPN trade machine, which I have a sneaking suspicion most of you know exists and can probably figure out all by yourself without me uh, showing it to you. So let's just walk through this for a second. And, and without the visual, for those on podcasts, it's no different for those on YouTube. I think you'll be fine. So Sean Devaney says, Malik Beasley getting very popular ahead of the trade deadline. And so our reaction is like, oh, we're going to get a first-round pick for Malik Beasley. Okay, well, let's, let's walk through this. Let's take the first team he mentions, which is the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, um, so Malik Beasley makes $15.5 million. And the trick here on all these trades is you have to bring back something awfully close to $15.5 million, particularly if you're over the cap, and which the Jazz are. And the Jazz have now moved to $7 million below the tax line because of the Boyan Bogdanovich trade, which gives them way more flexibility. But just $15 million. So if you look at the Nets, Joe Harris is making 18 Royce O'Neal's making 9 Nick Claxton's making nine. Seth Curry's making nine. Patty Mills is making 6.5. Okay, so Malik Beasley for Joe Harris works just right across, but they're not going to do that. Joe Harris has got two years left on his deal at 18, and I'm not sure that Malik Beasley's better than Joe Harris unless they really think his ankle's broken. In fact, Joe Harris has been the best shooter in the league. Royce O'Neal at $9 million, they're probably not going to do that. Nick Claxton, they're certainly not going to do that. And Seth Curry is a better shooter or as good a shooter as Malik Beasley. So... I don't think they're going to do that. So now you're suddenly like piecing together Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, Devontae Sharp, Ed Sumner. And if you take all those guys, Patty Mills is at 6.5 and then Cam Thomas is at 2.1. You're at, And then Devontae Sharp and then Ed Sumner. And you try to put them all together. The trade, the trade still barely works. Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, Devontae Sharp, Ed Sumner. And now the Jazz release half those players because they just did a fourth one. Like, and then you're going to want to pick with them. It, that's what it actually takes. So they, and maybe that's fine. Maybe that is actually what that trade would be. But, and four for one, there's probably some league rules that get a little funky in here with roster spots and some things like that that make it a little bit more complicated. But according to the trade machine, that's the only way really you can make that trade work. And you have to decide, the Jazz have to decide whether they think Cam Thomas is an interesting player to add or something of that sort. But that one, that's like, that's, there's no easy answer there. So if you're getting a pick, you're getting four players in a pick, most of which you're releasing, or you, the Jazz then have to release three players immediately. Um, so, and there's some, and there are some complications inside of that. Okay. Let's go to Miami. Like it's, my point here is that it's neat to throw these names around, but like, is there actually a viable deal that gets done? So again, Beasley's at, 16. We can do the same thing with Jordan's at 13.3. We can do the same thing with Kelly's at 12. We can do the same thing with, you know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt's different because he's only at four. So Jimmy Butler's 37, Bam's 30, Kyle Lowry's 28. You get to Duncan Robinson at 16. So Duncan Robinson has four years left on his deal at 16 million, and that's what Miami wants to trade, and they're probably going to have to give up picks with it. And Miami's a little limited on what their picks are. Otherwise, you literally cannot do the Malik Be- trade for Malik Beasley. Dwayne Dedman makes 4.7. They don't want to trade their rookie. Uh, and Gabe Vincent's at 1.8. Max Drews is at 1.8. Highsmith, is, who plays at 1.7. Like, literally, they you can't do it. 
They're not trading Caleb Martin and Victor Oladipo. I don't think they're regular rotation players, and that's the problem here is that teams that are good don't really want to trade other players that are in their rotation that are playing. So the Miami one, like it's cute that Miami gets mentioned, but like they're only Duncan Robinson being mentioned. So we go to Cleveland. Next one he mentioned. Again, Malik's at 16, Clarkson's at 13, Lennox at 12, Taylor Horton Tucker's at 10, and Vando's at 4. So they have Donovan at 30, Love at 28, Jarnell at 20, Karis LeVert at 18, Darius Garland at 8, Evan Mobley at 8, C.D. Osmond at 7.5, Isaac Okoro at 7, Ricky Rubio at 5, Windler at 4, Neto at 1.8, Lopez at 1.8. So you got to get to 15.5 million. So it means that you probably have to trade either, well, Karis LeVert would be a possibility if you just think Malik Beasley's better, which I actually do. Um, So that would just be a straight up trade. And then the Jazz have to, you know, we also own all of their picks, five of them. The next pick we can get from them is like 2030. One, maybe, maybe 2029. I'd have to go. Yeah, no, we have 2029 already. And we have two pick swaps. So, like, Cleveland's cute to mention, and I agree, Malik Beasley, they're desperate. Cleveland's desperate for Malik Beasley. But, like, Isaac Okoro and Ricky Rubio? Is that what we're doing? And that doesn't work. You then have to add in, oh, maybe it does work. I forgot to add in Malik Beasley. And that does work. Okay, so it's Isaac Okoro and Ricky Rubio. So they give up on Isaac Okoro. We have to decide whether we want Isaac Okoro. But, again, there's, like, one option there to make this deal done. These aren't complicated. Like, there's just... And then they have to decide that they're willing to give up all those players. Milwaukee's been mentioned. That one, like, Milwaukee, 15 million. It's Grayson Allen at 8.5 plus Pat Connaughton's got four years left at 4 million, 5 million. Like, they're not doing that. George Hill's at 4 million. Okay, you could put George Hill along with, they're not trading Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. Grayson Allen's at 8.5 for two years. Malik Beasley's at 15 for two points. Like, the difference between those Grayson Allen and Malik Beasley are pretty similar players. Grayson Allen might be a better player in some ways. He can handle maybe a little better. Malik's probably a better dead eye shooter. Joe Ingles at six point five. They're not trading that. Like it just doesn't. There's they're not trading Pat Connaughton a five five point seven four year contract. Like it's the best maybe the best contract value. It just doesn't actually work. The last one that's being mentioned a lot is New Orleans. That one actually you can find Devonte Graham, but three years and then. They have a bunch of extra picks. So you're taking Javante Graham, and this one actually works really easily, Garrett Temple for Malik Beasley. Okay, and that trade works. And they get their shooter, and they move off Devontae Graham. It doesn't quite match where they are. Um, and the Jazz have to swallow two years of an extra year of Devontae Graham and figure out whether they want to do it. And the Jazz probably need somebody who can play some semblance of point guard after Mike Conley. I don't know that Devontae Graham's that guy, but it's better than what we probably have right now. Um and then you hopefully are getting one of their multitude of picks that they have um, in various Laker deals. So that one kind of works a little bit. But this is my point, is that we can sit around and talk about these trades, and yes, you can find things that work, but it's really difficult. And so as we head into the trade season here, which is now you know 14 days away, and I apologize to Malik for using him as the example, I could have done the same thing with Jordan or Kelly or anyone, it's just not... It's great to mention names, but then, like, take the next step and dig in. Like, well, what is it? What is it? Like, it's really not hard to figure out what it is, and then it's really hard to figure it out and actually make it work. 
Like Miami, you're really taking three years of Duncan Robinson's contracts? Probably not. Milwaukee, that just didn't work. Brooklyn, we were pressing pretty hard to find that one to work. Right? Like, just doesn't really, nothing, it's hard to get these things to come together. Much more difficult than we make it sound out there. And I think that's, I think that's important to understand. So like on Boyan and Detroit, like, let's see. Maybe they will get a first-round draft pick. That would be great. Good for them. I'd be very excited for them. I'd be very excited for Boyan to be able to go to a team. But Boyan, and now Boyan as an extension, is making $20 million. So now you have to go piece together $20 million to get him to a roster. Like, you keep hearing the Lakers. So that's Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. They can get it done. They can put together $18.5 million to get that done. Okay, that's great for that's great that they have those two pieces. That trade will work. And they should do that trade and they should give up a first round pick because they'd be way better and they would make the playoffs and they actually might be one of the favorites in the West if they made that deal. But they don't seem to be doing those things. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel. This FanDuel, the sports book that you all know and love uh out there. FanDuel, we're really excited to announce our new sports betting partner on Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features. They make betting so fun and easy. New customers can join today and honor this and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a larger and bigger payout on same game parlay. All the apps that are safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out on this championship weekend. Place your five, first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Ev- make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL, and excited to have FanDuel as a part of Locked On. Thanks so very much for making Locked On your first listen of the day. We do have Game to Game back up and running at Locked On NBA uh, for you. All right, let's do Trends Monday. Let's start with, we've switched this. We now start with the um, last 10 games. And the Denver Nuggets are the hottest team in the NBA with a differential of plus 14. They're 9-1 in this band. Memphis is second at 9.5. Sacramento is third at plus 8.8. The fourth hottest team in the NBA over the last 10 games is the Oklahoma City Thunder at plus 7.6. They did get Denver without Jokic. Boston, so four Western Conference teams. Then Boston at plus 7. And then it falls off the map to Philly at plus 3.7 and Chicago at plus 2.7. The Jazz are 13th over the last 10 games, which probably seems appropriate. Offensively, Sacramento is far and away the best offensive team in the NBA right now. Mike Brown's doing a nice job there with that. 127 offensive rating over 10 games. These numbers are astronomical, but listen to this. They're 127. Denver's 123. Philly's 120 is the third best. So Sacramento is seven points more per 100 possessions than the third best team over the last 10 games, which is the difference between the third best team and the 21st best team in league. Sacramento's on another planet right now, offensively. Um, 
and they're playing super fast and getting after it. Um, and they've interestingly played a thousand possessions in a, ten games, which I kind of love. Just a hundred a game. Uh, Toronto's the fourth best offensive team. Memphis fifth. New York sixth. And the Jazz are the seventh best offensive team over the last ten games. Best defenses in the NBA. Brooklyn won. We saw that, and so did the Warriors. And that's not going up against like pansy offenses. Uh, and Durant was playing great too. Um, Denver two, Memphis three, Miami four, Oklahoma City five, Boston six, Phoenix seven. All right, who cannot score right now? Phoenix is the last offense in the NBA. Indiana without Halliburton two and nine. Houston's lost ten straight. They're the third worst offense. Detroit, and then New Orleans without Ingram and Williamson have finally worn down in Brooklyn without the services of Kevin Durant, Miami, right after that. Defenses, who's not defending? Houston's the worst defense. Dallas, the second worst. San Antonio is third worst. Charlotte, who we'll see tonight, is the fourth worst defense in the NBA over the last 10. They're three of their last seven. They'll have won two in a row. Great comeback against Atlanta. Knicks and the Clippers not defending after that. Worst teams in the NBA over the last 10 games. Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Indiana, Dallas, has lost 7 of 10. That one's worth watching. Phoenix is is next. And then Charlotte. All right, let's look at the more recent trend of the last two weeks. The number one team over the last two weeks is Sacramento. At a, according to Cleaning the Glass, non-blowout minutes there, plus 15. Memphis, Denver, Boston, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia. The number one offense is, again, Sacramento. According to Cleaning the Glass, they're 131 over the last two weeks. This is crazy. Toronto's next at 123. So Sacramento is 8.6 points better than the second best and 8.6 difference between Toronto at number two gets you to the 21st ranked offense. Sacramento on another planet right now offensively. Crazy. I love these trend things. You just catch these. I would not have, I didn't, you know, I knew they were playing well. I didn't know it was to this level. So the top offenses over the last two weeks are Sacramento, Toronto, Denver, Clippers, Philly, Memphis, New York, and Atlanta. The top defenses are Miami, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Boston, Chicago, Denver, and Brooklyn. The Jazz over the last two weeks are 13th in differential, 13th in offense, 17th in defense. 17th in defense. That's huge stride for us defensively. Uh, from 26 to be 17th in the league defensively. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, teams that are not defending or not scoring are Indiana, Brooklyn, New Orleans, Phoenix, Detroit, and Orlando. Teams that are not defending are Charlotte, the worst in the league over the last two weeks. We see them tonight. Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, New York, Clippers, and Indiana. And then the teams that are struggling the most, Indiana without Halliburton, Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, Orlando, and Dallas. So things to keep an eye on, Sacramento's offense and Dallas overall. That would be the two things I would tell you. That is Locked on Jazz today. We'll have a late game watch tomorrow. I'm way behind on games, so I'll try to get them in today or after the game tonight. And Jazz and the Hornets before we head to Portland tomorrow uh, to go see Dame and ask him how, what he thinks of Patrick Beverly. Have a great one. Thanks so very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. Talk to you soon.